He starts doing push-ups to 80s <laughs> glam rock. <laughs> and they and just <laughs> start doing push-ups with him. Why would For you? For no reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I watched this scene so many times. <laughs> it's so stupid. Dude. People can't just do those over and over like that. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're doing like 10 push-ups in a row. Okay, whatever. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because we like our listeners more than we like us. I'm your host, Noah Lucians, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. You know who can't read? Brett Favre. <laughs> Fun fact we learned in this movie. Brett Favre can't read. Not a lick. Nope. And sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, Pretty sir? Pretty good. Who do we think in this movie could read? <laughs> <laughs> Who was the cast reader? Nope. Not a lot of strong phonics in this film. Yeah, Budget ran out before they got a reader. <laughs> so uh, tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched Reggie's Prayer. It's the story of an NFL player who retires and takes a job as a history teacher, despite having no knowledge or experience about anything like that, and then leaves halfway through the first semester. But he thinks the whole story is about football. It's not. It's about a dick teacher. <laughs> and Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if nobody in your family has ever gotten an A, but greatness has been waiting in your body for a hundred years, what? you will love this movie. I even stand up on a table over it. Yeah, this movie is like someone paid the Mighty Ducks to explain Dead Poet Society to the Untouchables while they were working. <laughs> oh, okay, so after last week... We earned this fucking movie. We deserved something. This was not good, bad. This was great, bad. Oh, mm. yeah. This is, Lovely. I think, the best movie we've watched. I, I would put this above <laughs> Blood Freak. It's right up there with the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. And, of course, one of the primary gimmicks going for this movie is that it had a lot of uh, cameos from a number of football greats. Eli, mm. would you care to name a few of those football greats for us? Uh, Yeah. Dacon Klingon. Yeah, he was in it. <laughs> uh, Sweet Baby James. <laughs> scoot, scoot, scoot. Bibbity, bip, bip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shwekon Jackson and Brett Favre. And Brett Favre, he was also <laughs> in it. Yes, he, he sent was. his dick to a reporter. <laughs> That's why I know who that is. You may hear more about his dick before this is over. And Heath, what's the one football cameo in this movie that you wanted to see and didn't? Oh, ah, uh, that's a tough call. Um, Plaxico Burris, uh, <laughs> Javon Belcher, Junior Seau. I don't know. They all shot themselves. The yeah, no, I was going to say, I know oh, right okay. when they would show up <laughs> yeah. in the film. Too. Wait, no, 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 change my answer. Belichick is the bad guy. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And Eli, dare I ask, same question? O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> same answer. If he's in the middle of the fight <laughs> with the drug dealer guy and he just comes in, stab, 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 and takes off the gloves 
And he's like, you know, when blood dries, leather shrinks. See you later. <laughs> All right. This actually seems like a bit of a big ask for this one. Is there anything you guys would like to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, OJ was found not guilty. Just want to throw that out there. Um, I'm going to say best worst understanding of, of how grades in school work or what those are. Like if you ask this entire cast and writing team, what's a grade? You would not get a single meaningful answer. They no. do not know no. what that word is. You would not. But they would all ask if they could write in their own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody in my family has ever gotten an A, so we're not really... We don't know really? how that ever, yeah. ever, not a generation. <laughs> they eventually knew letters applied, yeah, but not not much more than that. <laughs> they changed our name at Ellis Island to not an A. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with, and now this is a spoiler, so you know, plus fifteen seconds if you want to be surprised. <laughs> Best worst use of a sheep. <laughs> I'm not gonna say how. <laughs> Not going to say why. There's a sheep in this movie. Because the movie doesn't say why. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh yeah. my God, I loved it so much. <laughs> All right, so I was just going to go with best worst extraneous football metaphors. They're like, amazing. They're like, so stupid. Well, they made no sense. <laughs> he just says football words from time to time, and they're like, yeah, that's, that's Reggie. You can only keep my script so long, I guess. <laughs> Reggie, what are you looking for for lunch today? I'll tell you what I want. I'm going to go in the pass and I'll block my man. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that good. All right. Well, somehow this movie's eluded us for 20 years and we're eager to end that streak. So we're going to keep the timeout brief. And when we break the huddle, we'll pass interference helmet line of scrimmage post route. That is Reggie's prayer. Those are all real football words. Ah, Reggie Knox. No, my name is Reggie White. In in the in the movie. Oh, right, right. Yes. So you've decided to retire from the NFL to teach history, eh? Oh yeah. I want to inspire all my students to do incredible things. And a lifetime of running into other human beings as hard as I can is the best preparations. I see. So uh, uh what do you plan to cover? Ah, uh, well, I'll cover my man and make the past happen. Ha <laughs> that's that's very Clever. I no. I meant what's your what's your syllabus? Oh, uh, Reggie Knox. Three three syllabus. What what are you gonna teach, man? History. Oh fuck! You don't know anything, do you? Which student do I run into as hard as I can first? Let, let me introduce you to Betsy. She'll tell. She'll direct you. <laughs> oh no, a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody, just breaking in for a quick update. Video from our live show with Tom and Cecil in Chicago is now available on Patreon.com for patrons who pledge $2 or more per episode. For just 2 bucks a show, you get to watch Eli arm wrestle Tom, and we're pretty sure if you slow the video down enough, you can see his balls. But that's not all. You also get to see special in-between moments that we cut from the audio version while we did interstitials. But more importantly, you get to catch Eli miming, shoving gay people in a box. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, head over to Patreon.com slash GodAwful and pledge $2 or more to get access to that as well as our usual ad-free early editions of the show, as well as access to our monthly bonus episodes on secular cinema. We just released our episode on the childhood destruction that is Street Fighter the movie, and you're not going to want to miss that. If you're feeling extra generous, of course, you can pledge $5 for all that, plus a free copy of our Christian movie bingo card, or $10 or more and get free VIP tickets to our live shows. But most importantly, you'll be supporting the show and keeping us from starving to death. And now, back to the show. 
And we're back for the breakdown. And before we get going, I want to thank Eli for finding this movie. I want to thank Reggie and his grandma for producing. I want to thank YouTube for preserving it in all its glory. And I most of all want to thank all the patrons that kept me going every time I thought I couldn't watch another one of these movies. It was all worth it. And it was worth it as early as the logo. Yeah. It really was. Immediately, oh this movie was not made for a TV as big as mine. <laughs> Whatever. My Zales TV was just right. Yeah. Asshole. It's made out of chocolate diamonds. So so we're going to start this movie off with one of the most bizarre, like, throwing shit at you opening scenes I've ever seen in my life. We got switchblades, guns, and stealing grape bubble yum all in sort of one montage, you know, so criminal stuff. Then we back away to learn that we've got a young kid who's apparently holding up a liquor store at gunpoint on a dare from his gang. Right. And his gang are just like standing outside, faces uncovered, being like, bark, 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 bark. You won't do it. You won't rob a grocery store. Oh, grand larceny. I'm a big chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And also cross cut with this. There's an old guy limping. Somewhere yep. else? Does he get explained later? Never. I don't think he does. Never, no. ever. Okay. No. Yeah, there's, a, like many things in this movie, you're just kind of left guessing who the limping okay. old well, guy is. Well, there was is. an old man limping somewhere yeah. in the world. <laughs> exactly. Now, that's all you need to know. So the kid loses his nerve, can't quite bring himself to rob the store all the way, so he runs away, the gang chases him, he sits down in an alley, and shoots himself in the face. Yeah, this movie starts with a kid shooting himself in the face with a gun. <laughs> and it goes better from there. It gets better <laughs> after that is what we're telling you. This movie gets crazier than that. Against all odds. Yeah, right. No, it really does. It never stops ramping up the crazy. So straight from that suicide, we're going to go to the choir singing, singing a song called I Can Do All Things. <laughs> Which is a weird segue from a kid shooting himself. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, that's strange. No, <laughs> right, right. We see that his suicides made the front page of the local paper. Yeah, like area boy commits suicide. It would have been great if it was the onion. <laughs> the kid just like pops up laughing. Like, <laughs> I misread so it and I thought it said vile boy commits suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, it stole some bubble yum. I feel like this is harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hoodlums. Yeah, no, no, it was Knoxville, boy. Yeah, yeah. But also, okay, so we get the credits here. And all I can say about these credits are you would think you're reading a yacht-related indictment. (laughs) (laughs) There's, among others, yeah, there's a bunch of football players. Among others, there's also uh, Mr. Miyagi, Pat Mm -hmm. Morita. You got Brett Favre, Mike Holmgren, and MC Hammer (laughs) also is in this movie. Hammer. Who was he? I couldn't recognize because I am of he, the uh, He's the park ranger at the end. Amazing. Yeah. He's I the was park the, ranger. I was like, why is that park ranger overacting that much? Now I know. He said see Hammer. <laughs> that's, yep. Why did he say I'm the park ranger 11 times in that nine second scene? Because that's all they gave the hammer to do. Mm. Apparently. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, no, I missed it the first time too. I had to, I was looking at the credits and I was like, oh, is that where he was? Uh, real easy to miss. Okay, so the choir sits down here. The credits finish up, and the preacher steps up just to dare Eli to do an impression of him. He sure does. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, he does. 
And if you're thinking, no. it's that, not it's not racist because it's accurate. Is that how it works? <laughs> exactly. Well, but see, now that's the thing. We were allowed to be racist. This movie was reverse racist. Obviously, in, in these opening crowd shots, they were looking for the three token white people. <laughs> they really <laughs> do. I wrote, oh, there's two white guys who go to this church? I would love to hear the story of how these two guys ended up at this church. Like, they walk in the first <laughs> day and they're like, oh, this place looks nice. Oh, you got a huh, huh, and you got a mountain mount. Yeah, and the preacher seems enthusiastic. <laughs> Good community, and I like to fuck black women. So yeah, no, this is my... Uh, that's my church now. <laughs> like one of them is just in a Hanes undershirt. So clearly a gaffer. <laughs> it's great. Dude, the camera was like clearly going to those people on purpose to like catch their incorrect reactions to black church stuff. <laughs> They're clearly doing it all wrong. It was excellent. Yeah. Doing the callbacks and the wrong timing and whatnot. Oh, are we not still doing the goddess greater thing? I'm so, I'm so sorry. No, I'm look, so... He's clapping like Steve Martin again. It's, awesome. <laughs> it's a reverse college brochure. <laughs> And okay, so now it's time for the the preacher to sit down. He does his little sermon, and then Reggie steps up for a word. Um, and that's great. Watching Reggie White word is quite fun. And so he's telling this this parable about uh, David and Goliath. And as he's sermoning, we get this flashback to the suicide kid, right? So the the camera goes back to like later that night after he shot himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I only bring that up because it brings up one of the most bizarre logistical moments in the entire fucking movie. And that would be when the guy <laughs> walks down the alley now holding the suicide kid in his arms. Yeah, and he's got way too much back of skull going on. <laughs> I'm just saying, invest in some pig guts and stepped on chiclets. Come on, people. Yeah, How, how does this situation arise? There's... A guy carrying just a random kid's dead body later. Like, you found a dead kid and picked you, him you, up? Yeah, right. You took him? Like, <laughs> did, what, okay. like, did the cops call somebody's house? Like, <laughs> all right, we found a corpse. Mom and dad just look at each other. All right, I'll do it. I'll go yeah. pick him up. You went last time. You went last time. <laughs> and he's clearly he's walking around with this, like, you know, last week it was a flaming bag of poop, and now this kind of look on his face. <laughs> And, and he turns around and walks all the way. So, like, this guy walked out, found a kid that had shot himself, picked him up, and he went, fuck, we can't have him in this alley. He's going to start stinking up the place. I guess I got to leave him at the corner. It would- <laughs> what color trash bag is a dead black kid? <laughs> a dead black kid, I said. <laughs> Alan. Uh, well, I don't have any green ones. No, I'm not going down to City Hall to buy trash bags. Just stuff him in a black one and then in another black one. No, bag. A a black bag. (laughs) He should have brought a bag. It would have been funnier, though, if he was like the guy carrying him having trouble with like all the pieces of skull and he was just kind of like dropping stuff (laughs) and like bending over. He's like puts it in his mouth a little bit. Uh, He hits his head against the side and his neck snaps and he's like, ah, God, I'm having the worst. I'm having the worst day. Why Except me? this kid. This kid is having much worse, but then me after this kid. So, yeah, so now we cut to that kid's sad little funeral. What a loser. Where three people came to this kid's funeral. <laughs> so, and just immediate family. Yeah. And they're wearing blue suits. You really should get black, but also even worse, <laughs> colorful ties, like bright, loud, colorful ties, not solemn at all. Just don't wear a tie. If all you have is like light up dollar signs and <laughs> yeah, stuff, right. just let it go with the tie. Piano keys. 
Um, and, and this is where we get the first of the moments in this movie where if it were parody, it would be the most brilliant parody ever. <laughs> Every time the camera cuts to the tombstone, there is a like, oh, like scary ghost noise. There is. Yes. Throughout, so people will be like, my baby, my, oh, my baby. I have no idea what this choice was, but it is amazing. Is Bill Cosby coming? It sounds I, like Bill Cosby. <laughs> and then grandma gets a chair, which I, I don't know, felt lazy to me. Stand up for once in your fucking life. Your grandkid shot himself in the face. You can't be a team player. <laughs> Apparently not. Right. And then mom is just like, she's like, oh, and he's like, it's not your fault. And I'm like, Ma, it's kind of your fault. Like, if, you, <laughs> if your kid shoots themselves, it's at least some percentage your fault. I don't, I don't <laughs> agree with What's that happening? I just want to say that on the show. I want to get that out there. That's how I feel. So, now, Mom, in addition, puts what appears to be a stuffed white buffalo on his casket. This will come back. It is a sheep. <laughs> this will come back in the most glorious way that you can possibly imagine that doesn't involve fucking do, it. Do you think they did this so it wouldn't not make sense later? Do you think they think, <laughs> do you think, they think this tied together what we're going to tell you about a sheep? I think they do. Yeah. I think they did. Oh, shit. So a uh, funeral ends and then Reggie and the uncle guy... Uh, bro hug and catch up on old times. Turns out that the uncle guy was going to go first round in the NFL draft and then bam, he was gone. And they are, we should point out, way too chipper. They are at a child's funeral and he's like, oh my God, Reggie, how are you? I'm so glad to see you. This is the best day. I'm having the best day running into you. I got some blood on my shirt from Earth. <laughs> open casket and I just I went to hug him for last time and he is just that skull is just tissue paper at this point <laughs> like 98% of it anyways how are you how are you big man and and so we have to learn in the, that in this universe too Reggie is also a, an NFL player that makes millions of dollars and everything which makes it very odd that Bobby says hey if you ever wanted to quit that job and make 28 grand and a a shitty pension that they're going to vote down eventually uh, teaching history. Oh, you know, we could we could do that, too. We're both successful. Yeah, if you'd ever like to stop being famous and come teach at the high school right before What's-Her-Name comes to teach everyone Taekwondo, we've we've got an opening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is also where we introduce the, uh, the other two brothers. So, like, the one, the younger brother, Tyrone, is the one that shot himself, but he has two older brothers, Taylor and Tyler, Yes, Taylor and Tyler. And Tyrone. And so Tyrone. the mom was like, what should I name my kids? Taylor, great. Tyler, <laughs> Tyrone. All right, cut it out. What's the next uh, one called? T. It's just the letter T. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love the letter T. And so we have to establish who these characters are, too. And I love it, too, because basically, you know, like uh, the, the Bobby, the, the uncle character is just like, yeah, Taylor is a clean cut kid and a quarterback. Tyler <laughs> is the troublesome kid who is bound for trouble. Tyrone shot himself in the face. He was the That's <laughs> how we characterize him. <laughs> you already know. Yeah. Um, and so now we cut like a month ahead where Reggie is having a nightmare. Sorry, r real quick detail. Before we leave this funeral site, we see a gravestone of somebody that died when he was 43 years old, which is pretty creepy because uh, that's what happened to Reggie White. <laughs> Ooh. It's creepy. 
This was his note. (laughs) (laughs) And so now we cut to April 29th. This movie really wants you to know the dates, right? She's like, why wouldn't I be in OTAs? Why wouldn't my character be in OTAs? Well, write it on the goddamn screen, (laughs) Reggie. It's April 29th. OTAs haven't started. Anyway, so he has this nightmare. This is the first of a couple of dream sequences. Not the best one, but it's pretty fucking good. (laughs) Yep. And in it, Every character in the movie is now dressed like a slave, an old-timey slave, singing Swing Low Sweet Chariot. And doing a good job. Let's we'll give them that. They were right. doing good. Oh yeah, no. They're, they're, it's a, it's very good. Uh by the way, he kneels down by the grave and throughout this entire scene I was so hoping the kid would pop his hand out of the grave and drag. <laughs> he doesn't. It doesn't no. happen. It's pretty great, but he he does not pop out of the dirt. And in case you're wondering, you know, can Reggie White act? No, he cannot. No, no they cannot. Like, there is no action that he can't fuck up. And we no. learned that in this dream sequence in such spectacular ways. Because, like, he's look, doing the, like, he's supposed to be on the ground looking around at all the other graves, but he's looking at the same three places over and over again in a series. <laughs> and he's counting out loud. You know, one, two, three, look <laughs> left, right, center, left, right, center. Oh, it's so amazing. You can practically hear someone being like, cut, that's it. We we don't have any more shoot time today. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I bet a lot of the shoots for this movie ended on those words. You know what? It's fine. We'll just, I don't give a shit. We'll use it. (laughs) And then he has a vision of the stuffed bunny, which turns into Tyrone, who shoots himself in the face again. (laughs) In case you didn't get enough children shooting themselves in the face in the opening scene, we got to give you another one. Yeah. And then he does the straight up, sitting up, wake up thing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you. And he's got enormous red pajamas. They're <laughs> wonderful. It looks like he's about to summon a vulture demon. Like, <laughs> oh, wonderful. his giant red muumuu? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He then goes to the fridge, and I wanted him to take like a cartoon ham out of the fridge and just like <laughs> put it in his mouth and pull out the bone. Red ham. But instead, he drinks milk from the carton like a goddamn Visigoth. Oh, it's fucking gross. Like, I could hear the backwash. The backwash was more than the gulp. It was fucking gross. (laughs) If you're going to drink out of a thing, there's no reason not to drink out of the carton. I'm tired of having this fight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want to really? Is the glass going to make that much difference? That much difference? I've never shared a milk carton with people who I haven't spat in their mouth or some variation of it. So it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Well, with vegan milk, it's ballpark same thing. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, okay, milk. so, <laughs> he, so he, he goes to his fridge. It's late at night. He can't sleep. So he gets his, remember when that thing was a phone? No, you guys don't. That's the thing. I'm 41 now, so I do, but you guys don't. Oh, that transformer that he had? <laughs> Is that what that was? Yeah, so he picks up an ice skate and he makes a phone call on it. And it's the dumbest phone call. He's like, hello, Portland? The the city? Is this Portland City? Cool. Will you look up a name for me? Bobby Fess. Maybe Robert. And like, there's no space in between anything. Nobody could possibly be talking on the other side. I I wanted to hear the other side of it just to like see what it might be. Hello, Portland? Yes! Uh, (laughs) No! How about Robert? Yes! All right. The micro machines so guy flying yeah, sentences in there impossibly fast. 
So, yeah, so now we cut to him doing a press conference. Oh, they're so good. First of all, this press conference, there are only like nine reporters, but they're all <laughs> jammed in right next to each other in this <laughs> giant studio space for some reason. It's so stupid. Why show us that? They zoom out and they show us the back. It's this enormous, like, it's clearly somebody's garage. Like, right. a real, there's yeah. like a ladder, a hose. <laughs> they so might as well be out on a football field with just everyone's chairs <laughs> bunched up right at the front. <laughs> Somebody's novelist brother in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so he is uh, announcing his unexpected retirement and uh, the crowd goes wild. And it's so funny, too, because like you said, there's like eight people, but there's one hundred and three people's worth of noise when he says this. Oh, <laughs> it's like the floor of the stock exchange. Yeah. So yeah like, right. rah, 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 and then nine people back. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so good. They go like, what is it? Is it an injury? Is it your contract? And he's like, no, everything's awesome. I could play for 12, maybe 25 more years <laughs> as a run into people or, but I have decided to quit and be a head football coach. And they go like, oh, like at a real team. And he's like, nope, at North Portland Central High School. Yeah. At which point one of the reporters goes, oh, Portland, Oregon, a Canadian franchise? What? What? <laughs> That's what? not. What? You guys don't know how Canada works? <laughs> Is that Mexican? Portland? <laughs> Portland. <laughs> and, and actually, the first question he gets is, Reggie, are you going to take any questions? And like, I really thought that was going to confuse him. Like, yes. Wait. No. Oh, no. no. Fuck. Damn it. Crafty oh. journalist. Fake Kill news. Him. I'm out. Kill me. <laughs> and also, I love too. He's like, you know, the the the, the uh, reporters are like, but Reggie, you could sign an eight million dollar contract extension. Uh, why would you help children instead? And I realized that this whole movie was like just Reggie waking up one day and saying, like, let's let's do a movie about if I was a better person. Than I, than <laughs> I am that, in real but life. Not really. This movie is why Donald Trump ran for president. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I'm good at A, so I'm probably also good at everything else, right? Well, if, right? if Reggie White wasn't good at football, this would be why Donald Trump. But yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, Reggie White wasn't that good at football. Let's be real. He was pretty himself. fucking good at football. He was pretty um, terrible. He only had three <laughs> touchdowns and four scootbacks. <laughs> He did have pretty low scoot back numbers. Um, so, That's yeah, and, and, yeah, he was like league average. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and then he gives his like uh, his from Birmingham to Bakersfield stump speech. It's like the uh, it's it's literally the, the we've all learned here something here today moment of the movie <laughs> down to the goddamn piano music. Mm -hmm. We go to Portland. <laughs> no, relax. And, and now he has a quick conversation with his wife. And I want to talk about his wife. Please. Specifically, I want to talk about our opinions of what race we think his <laughs> wife is. Okay, great. Yeah. Is Thank she black? Oh, I, I have no idea. Google image this woman and each picture is a different answer. Sometimes <laughs> I mean, she's very clearly an African-American <laughs> lady. Sometimes she is also very clearly a white lady. But it is always the same human being. This is Reggie White's real <laughs> wife, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she, this is unreal. You can watch her on like The View. And it, it's hard because she she has and she talks in a way that would make one. But her she looks. What? Yeah. I, I feel like some of her friends are black, but I don't know what she is. <laughs> I, she, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just like, nothing, I, that, yeah, no, we're not saying there's anything wrong with it. She's just, whatever <laughs> she is. I just, 
Normally, I'd have moved on way earlier, but I'm having so much fun with you trying to finish the sentence here. I just kind of want to linger for a moment. I want you to Google image this woman and really ask yourself, because it's not a big, I just, I wrote in my notes, I feel like if I spend too much time guessing his wife's race, that will be a bad use of our time. But it bothered, like, I thought about it other times in my week now. Like, I've been riding on the train and I've been like, she's black. She's black. How how is blonde? (laughs) <laughs> How would you describe her skin color? Just as a color, I like desk, like a camel, <laughs> desk. Can, like camel De- school suede? desk, school desk. Okay, yeah, I want to stay right. away from animals. Yeah, no, the desk thing's way less offensive. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, yeah, moving right along here. Now we cut to <laughs> September third in Portland for the first teaching school day. Right. And he's wearing a Cosby sweater because we didn't know yet. I mean, we knew, but we didn't like know. <laughs> Lots it. of people knew, it turns out. But like, we didn't know. No. no. Oh, the we sweater is rough. Know. It's really rough. It looks like a chart for the Wingdings font. <laughs> like a map of like, what's what? And he has brought on his first day two comically tiny lunchboxes. <laughs> nothing else. It's fantastic. Literally nothing else. And there will never else. be an explanation of why oh. he has those tiny little... Again, Reggie just showed up on on set one day and he went, I'm a, it's, it's a school, I should have a lunchbox. And they went, fine, Reggie, why don't you have... I have two because I'm big. Okay, Reggie, you have two lunchboxes. Your oh. character seven, carries seven two... Seven lunchboxes. No, no, Reggie, only two lunchboxes. I want and only one Capri Sun in each one. <laughs> I want, to, I want to see him slam down two thermoses at the same time. Just crush them in his hands and throw them at the wall. <laughs> Smash them on his head, yeah. He's got um, a lunchbox full of Capri Suns, which he punctures with a, <laughs> with, a, with a straw. The lunchbox itself. <laughs> I call this the Capri Special. <laughs> so this is also where we're going to meet Mr. Miyagi. Uh, who is the school principal and dressed exactly like Pee Wee Herman. And we did know. We did know in 96 (laughs) about Pee Wee. Yeah, and here's what's crazy. This movie is so insane that Mr. Miyagi playing the principal is an afterthought. Like, I was getting ready for this, and I was like, oh, my God, there's so much. And he's like, don't forget about the sheep, and don't forget about this, don't forget about that. Like, I'm going through my notes and trying to remember everything. And I was like, oh, right, and don't forget to tell them that Mr. fucking Miyagi plays a karate action principal. <laughs> yes. Don't forget that. Eli. That's, yeah, That's written on my right? hand. Don't forget karate principal. In danger of slipping your mind. Yeah, no shit. Unfucking real, and he promises to protect Reggie White. Yeah, like, what? Whatever. That that's gonna come back. Actually, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he promises, I will protect you, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah, from idealism, and, and, and there's there's really this. <laughs> right, they they kind of go into it. Yeah, so there's strange. really this, like you know. Mr. Miyagi, teach me the secret of grabbing that coin for your hand. Kind of a moment here where he's like, "Well, you're Asian. You should have wisdom, right?" Yes, oh. that's that's how the casting goes. Yeah, they try to do this metaphor back and forth, and it, by the end of the movie, you realize that like this was an extensive metaphor that they really tried to weave throughout the entire <laughs> film, yep. but it fails so terribly because a Ridgie White doesn't speak English and. The guy who plays Mr. Miyagi is doing this part sarcastically. So he's like, <laughs> he's like, you don't want castles in the sky. And he's like, you know, the way to keep a castle in the sky 
there's no way to keep a castle in the sky (laughs) with a foundation, then it would be on the ground. Ground rhymes with pound. P. Pee wee Herman is how you dress. Say yes to the dress. Randy. Randy's the character played by Aziz Ansari. Sorry, the board game, which is based on Parcheesi. French cheese is made in the town of Rubon. RuPaul's Drag Race, season seven. The winner was Phoebe O'Hara. Mr. O'Hara was the principal of Eli's kindergarten. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were trying to get, but I was having fun letting you try to get there. Meanwhile, Eli was in kindergarten. That's a fun image. Meanwhile, Tyler is getting recruited by a sleazy photographer from the 1930s. What is this? Is so clearly what? prostitution. Yeah, is this a teacher? By the way. We're, they're at school, right? Yeah, I don't. So this is it's. He's looking. He sees this, right? He like Reggie White sees this. He's in a principal's office and sees a teacher. I don't a, a, recruiting a Bugs for a Bunny a, villain, a, a child, Bugs Bunny gangster villain. Yeah, doing a child sex trafficking <laughs> ring with a, a southern drawl in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. This is what's happening. Y'all looking for a little bit of work? Right, that means you want to fuck dudes for money. That's no other way to interpret <laughs> that. The only thing that means, means. Yeah. yeah, my monster.com account has been banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and by the way, if it seems like I just shifted gears from nowhere to nowhere, uh, yeah, forgive me, but that's what the movie just did. But now he has to go to his classroom to teach his first class, and wouldn't you know it? Everybody's having a big dance party. Ah, uh, the 90s. You couldn't walk into a classroom without someone already putting on a full musical performance before class. I wanted him so badly to just walk over and eat the radio, just like... <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, he has to turn off his his the boom box and everybody gets mad at him and makes him sit down. And he has to get tough and there's a boo teacher moment. And then we get him... Trying to reach the kids. Oh. His little monologue. Well, for, first he has to go straight to a football analogy that makes no fucking sense. Oh, God. It's so wonderful. He know, he. We realize immediately he only knows football words. So he's like, <laughs> you're going to tackle this class. You're going to make the pass. You're going to jump through the hoop. You're going to score a touchdown. And they're like, right. But what? Oh, God. You don't know anything but football. <laughs> football. Who do I football? And not a lot about football because you said hoop. There's no hoops. That's a weird choice. I got a hoop. Also, I keep my Capri Suns. Don't tell the director. Also, somebody explain this bit to me. So he hands his grade book out to one of the kids and he's like, just I want you to write your final grade in here with a pen. (laughs) It's fucking. So it's here's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, I inspire these kids. Here's my first day. You write in your grade. You tell me what grade you're going to get. But instead he goes, hey, you. And she goes, what? And he's like, oh, weird, rude response to the first time I ever spoke to you. Put your grade in the book. And she's like, what? You're literally, you're bad at English. The English language. Like, what's what's your first language? Football. Right. What do you want from me? Tell me what grade you got. It's the beginning of the year. Happy birthday. No, not may old acquaintance be. No, Reggie. Cut. I need a new lunchbox. 
That is exactly what the set looked like for this movie. (laughs) This is also where he says, and this is the most, I think probably the best line in any of the movies we've ever, ever watched. Probably some of you don't feel worthy of an A. Probably some of you have never had anyone in your family that's gotten an A. Wow. That's you are some depressing ass looking people is what I'm trying to say. Your genetic material is not good. Very not good from a glance. And then he tells them that everyone in prison flunked history and they are dismissed. If you pass history, you're immune from jail. I wrote my notes. I feel like that's not causal. I think that's corollary. And I don't think it's correct either. I'm sure someone in jail passed history class in high school. So, so, oh, and also, okay, so we get the beginning of his class and then it just cuts immediately to the bell ringing because otherwise they would have had to have Reggie White try to teach history. (laughs) All right. Now, which one of these is America? Well, that's a book. Yeah. Are you going to eat that? No. Are you going to eat that? I am a coquette. (laughs) So, yeah, so after his first day of class, he's he's feeling pretty good. Mr. Miyagi came in to watch, you know, to observe his first try at it. Also throws out this really depressing line where, you know, Reggie Wade says, yeah, these seem like good kids. And he's like, yeah, they're all good kids until they stop trying. And then fuck them. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi's a terrible principal. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's so this is why we need a voucher system. <laughs> exactly. Ouch. That deep nihilistic way of running a school. (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, Bobby, remember him? He's on the phone with Mama about her money problems in case your Christian bingo card was getting cold. And I I should point out at this point, Reggie has millions of dollars. So the fact that he doesn't solve the money problems of the other characters by giving them money is very strange. Also, it never goes into detail about what these money problems are, right? Is it just like this lady has a coke habit? She gambles away her money? Like, they never explain. Like, there's not, like, a house that they're about to lose or anything. It's just a lady looking at her bills going, fuck. That is just not going to add up, is it? Nor are they ever solved or addressed ever again. Well, they're addressed. They motivate some characters later, but that's about it. Yeah. So, yeah, but right as he's talking to, to, to... poor mama on the phone uh reggie shows up and hands him the playbook and he's like what's this it's like it's a it's a you should know this reggie you you should know a lot of things just going in the best performance reggie white gives in this movie is when a character hands him a book and he goes what's this and you can tell they did 84 takes before they were like fine the character doesn't know just tell him it's a playbook it's a playbook all right how do we play nope Fuck, Jesus. Take 85. Let's go. Aaron, stop trying to kill yourself. Stop it. Seriously. (laughs) To be fair, Reggie White's playbook in real life is probably just the quarterback with like a red circle and a line through it. Right. (laughs) Hit that guy. Um, Yeah, and so this is also where he learns that the the previous coach, the coach that was the coach before him, got fired because he got into a fist fight with another coach during a game. Like, yeah, glad to see he's gone. Anyway. Uh, but but not before he led the team to like 12 state championships in a row. 
Yeah, which let's be honest, there's no way they'd fire a guy over a fist fight if you want. Yeah, you know, but, but yeah, okay, in this world they would. Yeah, two so, adults fighting each other. We let a guy fuck kids for a while. <laughs> a while. There's still people from that school that are like, ah, pedophilia. <laughs> Linebacker, you come on. <laughs> so with all that pivotal exposition out of the way, we we had to practice. And this is a, an amazing opening moment where all the kids are running out in a line and they're taking turns talking shit to their new coach. Uh, who is a famous <laughs> professional football player. Right. Like, I don't know who any famous professional football players, but I imagine if you're a high school football player and you find out that your new coach is, who's someone playing football today? Uh, um, Dan you got this. Brady. <laughs> Eli Manning. <laughs> Eli Manning. He's got the same name as me. <laughs> Him? Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, nailed player. it, nailed it. That's yeah. even the one if that hasn't retired yet. <laughs> there you go. If you find out that Eli Manning's your new coach, wouldn't you be like, oh, man, I'm such a big fan, instead of being like, what you doing here, loser? I hope you die, <laughs> asshole. <and> kill yourself. <laughs> also, I love that it's like every fourth kid has one line or something to say to him or whatever. It's like, wait, wait, let's line up by shit talk. Oh, they definitely had a meeting about this and, like, spaced it out, <laughs> got into fights. Like, no, I'm using that one. You're fourth. I'm eighth. Line up right. Now, I actually don't know this. A lot of them appear to be wearing, like, weird cutoff tops. Is that a part of football where your belly's exposed? Yeah. That's pretty standard. Yeah, that it, for it practice. It is yeah. interesting. It's a really nice sexy subculture of football that I didn't know about. <laughs> well, a lot of teenage belly buttons. Sexy for some people. <laughs> so, Not everybody, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so he goes to address his, his team and they won't listen to him because this is the worst behaved championship football team you can imagine. So instead of like blowing his whistle or something like that, he starts doing push-ups to 80s <laughs> glam rock. <laughs> and they just... <laughs> Start doing push-ups with him. Why would for you? For no reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I watched this scene so many times. It's so stupid. Dude. People can't just do those over and over like that. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're gonna do like ten push-ups in a row. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's just like weird hip. All the kids just right. doing push-ups and they can't stop because he hasn't stopped. I guess. It's like a magic spell. <laughs> I wanted one of the kids to just be like, I can't stop. Oh, God, they can stop. Holy oh. shit. And then, of course, like he, even when all the other kids are worn out, he's still doing push-ups. And then all the kids are like, wow, that professional athlete sure is better at push-ups than us. Than us I guess he's got children. our respect now. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you got to wonder if he did something else, would it have worked? Like if he just did the electric slide. With the <laughs> on it, like, I don't know. Starts playing a pipe. Yeah, exactly. Now I know uh, how to gain my nephew's respect. And apparently <laughs> Bring that was it for the for the practice. It was just a push up practice because now we're heading back to the locker room where, again, in his second of two interactions with children, he will be turning off a stereo. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what tough teachers do, I guess. Right. To, to give this speech, sports accomplishments don't matter. What? Coach? I'm Reggie White, <laughs> and I'm your football coach, and I'm here to tell you 
sports don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, championships don't. And to be fair, when this movie was made, he had not won a championship at any level. Yeah, there was a lot of championships don't matter buried in the script. No, no, we'll say that again in this scene, Reggie. We'll make it very clear that great players sometimes don't win championships either, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the orgasm. It's not important. (laughs) Or real. Yeah, but he's angry with the team for being too focused on winning. So he finds this one kid in in the group that's like in an art class. And he's like, I want you to make us a shirt that says the ring ain't the thing fucking insane he goes who's taking an art class and one kid's like i mean i'm in an art class and he's like great you're gonna make all the t-shirts and he's like that's not a that's not a part of art class b i, I don't know how to do that all right everyone who doesn't buy a t-shirt is cut from the team wait so, uh, sorry you just gave me a task i can't do and made participation in this sport uh based on everyone buying one from me <laughs> i don't- we can't do the rest of the movie. We need to change this. <laughs> and if you think that eventually it'll make sense why he did this, you haven't caught on to the rules of this movie yet. No, no, no. And just to review one more time, this millionaire NFL player can't buy like 50 shirts, 50 t-shirts. Apparently for, not. Nope. They got to sell like cookie dough and wrapping paper. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love too. he's like, yeah, we'll decide who's going to be on the team on Monday. First game's Friday, guys. I'm like, oh, wow, that's. That's close to now. That yeah, you're, feel like all you guys have done is push-ups. Practice. Are they going to choose the quarterback on who buys the most shirts? <laughs> First play of the game, the quarterback just starts doing push-ups after the snap. The whole other defense starts pushing up, and then they everyone in the them. stands it slowly spreads out <laughs> till the entire human population is just ever doing push-ups in a weird <laughs> hellscape. <laughs> Only he's not able to resist. <laughs> So then we cut to Granny and her trusting, <laughs> trusty adding machine. That's how all of these movies show that the bills are overdue, is that there's an adding machine and someone's sighing over it. Um, but apparently Granny likes to hum Jesus songs while she does the bills. Well, she stops. She literally stops, like, mid-bill doing to just, like, full-on sing herself a Jesus song. Just like, oh, no, Jesus, Lord, and Jesus, Lord. And we can hear her son in the other room hearing her do that. And I wanted him so badly to run out and for there just to be a scene where he was like, Grandma, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the, no, I will, I shut the fuck up. I will fight you, Grandma. And no, it goes but, back to sleep. <laughs> I can still hear you. <laughs> well, and basically everyone in the house is asleep and she's just sitting up singing like, gee, I hope nobody wakes up and offers to give me money because I sure am broke. <laughs> but instead of telling her to shut the fuck up as he should have, if this movie was as awesome as we wanted it to be after singing how singy poor grandma is, Tyler decides to go find that 30s photographer and get him some of that crime money. Yeah. So cut immediately to the next day. He's out dealing crimes and Mr. Miyagi, the principal, comes up, but just in time not to catch him dealing the crimes. <laughs> yes. Such a weird interaction, too. Mr. Miyagi's like, oh, yeah, I heard about your suicide, brother. Sorry about that. Um, all right. Have a good weekend. Oh, that's a weird thing that was in my file. Yeah. 
Check. Was just getting over that, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Thanks for bringing it up. Sorry, got to let you go. Oh, Allison, Allison, I hear your dad died last summer. Sorry about that. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you Monday. <laughs> Trying to tell everybody the worst thing that's ever happened to them before everyone's gone for the weekend. So then we get Tyler going to the drug crime house because he wants out. Very easy to find. Big arrows pointing to the door. It's, it's really... Yeah. Spray paint says lair, so just follow that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are literally arrows. I know that not everyone watches the movies with us. And by the way, if if you don't, get, please do. Please. This is definitely one. <laughs> please watch it with it. But there are arrows spray painted to the door of the crime lair where all the drugs and illegal things are. <laughs> and I have a pet theory that that is because Reggie kept missing the door. <laughs> Later on in the movie. Just kept walking outside of the studio and they'd be like, oh God, go get him. Come on, Reggie. Uh, Just everyone wandering around with flashlights. Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> Ran in like Kool-Aid man again. Kind of hurt himself. We should really just spray paint because there's like a hole in the wall. It's a door, Reggie. You just go right there. You guys just explained some flashlight qu related questions I had about the end of this movie. Awesome. Um, and also, can we talk about Tyler's motivation here? Okay, so what we're supposed to be getting here is Tyler has decided he can't be a drug dealer anymore. He wants out. So we're supposed to believe that he dealt drugs like that morning, made his $43, and now wants to not crime anymore, and grandma can go fuck herself with her bills. Yeah. Right? Okay. Interesting, yeah, but the main bad guy whose face at this point is covered by a lamp, so I assumed it was Chris Christie, uh, doesn't want to <laughs> let him out. No. And fondles a gun so everyone knows just how crimey he is. Well, not just, doesn't just fondle a gun, sends him into the other room to get, like, shadow beaten up, and, and then, then hands him a gun. Hands <laughs> him a gun? Like, like, here, I just beat you up, have a gun. What? Sell more drugs better. Here's your That's gun. That's why there's only two people in this crime syndicate, because they keep handing people they've just <laughs> beaten up guns. <laughs> what happened to Aller? Oh, you didn't hear? He got shot. Yeah, he beat the shit out of a guy and gave him his gun, and then the guy, hear me out, <laughs> shot him with that gun. Uh, all right, well, give Tyler his gun and get him out of here. Yeah. All right. Maybe we should do just like a straight line sales pitch lecture for these people instead. You know, I have a new idea. Why don't we give him the gun and then beat the shit out of him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apparently that's like the sandwich artist pin at Subway or whatever. He sold enough drugs to earn his gun. And then they send him away. And now we have to go back to, to history class so Reggie can say the history words he knows. Tomorrow we'll be learning about a black slave. That's what this class is. I swear he had to memorize this sentence for a Black History Month PSA once, and they were just like, we're not making him memorize another thing, guys. We did that once. He actually did get one piece of information relevant here. So yeah, it was Solomon historical. Northup, he's the 12 Years a Slave guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, and then the class ends, and he assigns the kids to read pages 25 through 75 before <laughs> tomorrow? So stupid. Like, first of all, I don't think chapters stop at multiples of 25. Like, they all just, like, <laughs> cleanly end like that. I want to see him talking about page 75 the next day, and the lesson just ends mid-sentence. He's like, all right. So, we're halfway through that sentence tomorrow. 75 to 125. <laughs> yeah, 50 pages seemed a little excessive, yeah. And also, of course, what we're really supposed to learn here is that Tyler didn't make it to class today, and Reggie's worried about him. And then he looks out the window and sees 
Tyler in the bathroom? Again, help me understand the logistics here. That's right, vision. Because nope. <laughs> <laughs> he sees something out the window, looks really worried, and then runs downstairs, but but goes into a bathroom. To physically threaten a, a child. To accost a student, yes. Uh huh. Yeah, who he lifts into the air and slams against a wall for missing his class. Yes. Like a good teacher does. Uh, uh, question about this scene. Um, who was <laughs> the random full-grown white man with a beard flossing in the mirror? In Looking fearful? Children's bathroom. Oh, and, uh, and, I have here, here in my notes, uh, go fuck yourself. That's who he is. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay, and uh, we should G, point out. fuck yourself. This is not... <laughs> This is not a case of like there was an odd looking gentleman in the background of this scene that was unexplained. Like the camera several times does a close up on this guy flossing his teeth. Right. Mm -hmm. This guy will never be explained. There will never be a reason why he exists in the film. Is he a teacher? Maybe a competing drug dealer, a local dentist? Who knows? <laughs> we not have this no movie fucking clue <laughs> yeah so but reggie's busy beating up on this kid and he starts looking through his bag there's another thing that you can legally do as a high school teacher just start rooting through kids shit um and he finds the drugs and stuff and mm -hmm. takes them to snort them or something and tells tyler to go buy a t-shirt now i should point out that the bag that had the drugs also had a gun in it Right, but Reggie White, as we will learn several times throughout this movie, and this is my pet theory about this movie, Reggie White's character does not know what a gun is. <laughs> he will react throughout this movie as though he does not know what a gun is. That would explain a lot, yeah. Uh -huh. Not that much, a little bit. Oh, I, we'll, we'll get to it. I have, a, I have a very strong amount, I have a large amount of evidence that Reggie White and his character don't know what guns are. <laughs> Plastico Burris has the same problem, have the same problem. Yeah, he knows now. Also, this is where we get the great poop joke from Reggie. Comes out of the toilet and goes, never been constipated before. It's not fun. And the kid's like, you're, uh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't curious what you were doing. I assumed you were taking a shit. I was timing you. It did take a while. So <laughs> that was relevant. Thank you. And then we get uh, the, the training montage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he picks on the only white kid on his team. He's like, what's your name? And he's like, Steve Wool. And he's like, Wool? Like a, like a sheep? Get it? <laughs> Everybody laugh. Everybody laugh. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Reggie, a stand-up comedian like Sinbad. <laughs> And that's going to lead us straight to Reggie White, apropos of nothing, giving a let's all stand on the chairs speech in the lunchroom. Yep. It is an entirely silent lunchroom. And he is among the kids giving them a speech to tell them to wake up the winner inside them that's been inside them for the last hundred years. All of these 15 year old kids. Have a winner and what the fuck is he even? But yeah, it, it it is the most banal. Like it's it's the you know it's coach wisdom or whatever. He's standing in the middle of this room giving coach wisdom, and I'm like, okay, most kids would surreptitiously feed you poop at this point. Like you would be definitely eating poop for the rest of your career as a teacher. But no, in this stupid movie, they're all like, yes, let us stand with him. 
Yeah, he's, he's no Reggie White totally thought this was a dead poet society thing. And yeah. he's also he's eating a hamburger. Right? <laughs> he's just like, and y'all know, get up on your chairs. And they're like, oh, Jesus. All right, we're extras in the movie. And he's like, no, no, no. All right, 44. Who had 44 in the pool? All right, you win. Everybody give your money to him. <laughs> yeah, no, and again, I feel like the burger was a compromise. Like, I feel like he walked in that day and he's like, no, I feel like my it's the lunchroom, so I, my guy would be eating lunch. Okay, fine, you can eat a goddamn hamburger. saltines and you. peanut butter. No, it's going to be too slow. <laughs> we did it once, like, you were so, it, it took 45 minutes. <laughs> That's because you didn't let me have enough Capri Suns. <laughs> I'm going to eat you like I ate the last director. What? Nothing. <laughs> I want a peanut butter hamburger then. All right. <laughs> I won't compromise. Not so much, not so much. Just a terrified <laughs> woman. Just a terrified woman at craft services looking up at Reggie White. Mo. <laughs> Mr. White, they said not more. Mo. The packets are very small. This is gonna take a long time. <laughs> That's all right. We got all day. <laughs> Plenty of daylight left. So um no. so all the kids are under <laughs> So all the kids are unspeakably inspired by his lunchroom speech and then they all run off to class and he's still it's just him and Pat Marita standing there and he goes like I figured it out stone number 2 is heritage what all right there will eventually be that there are five stones in this movie which he must find yes, but they don't set that up this is the last of the five we will hear about no, until at it's the very o- end. Yeah, at the end. Well, until it's over. Yeah, exactly. And also, what the fuck does well, heritage have to do with what he's talking yeah. about? It's everything. It's absolutely everything. <laughs> so now we cut to okay. So we get this great little scene where Tyler is walking down the railroad tracks, all depressed because he's the trouble kid with all yeah. the trouble. And his brother walks up and he's like, hey, this is kind of fun, right? And he's like, yeah, except my father isn't beating me and my mom isn't on drugs. And he's like, you're a story topper, Tyler. You know that? (laughs) (laughs) That's what you are. And they literally have Tyler on the wrong side of the track. Yeah. Taylor on the right side of the track. It's very subtle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. But yeah, Tyler says mean words to Taylor, but he's sorry because they're brothers. Uh, And he notices that he has a black eye, a black, blacker eye, a black bruise. He's got a bruise. (laughs) <laughs> and and then was it Taylor or Ty? I don't know which is fucking which. One of them describes to the other one how the quarterback option play works. Yeah, in, but like in erotic slam poetry format. <laughs> really erotic. Thank you. I'm really glad you said that this was erotic because he's just like your feet are pumping, your lungs are burning, but deep down inside, you know. You know that there will never be another feeling like this again. You're just like, oh, all right. This porn is taking too long to start. Just fuck. Yeah, no, it's very much described as though phone sex. And also, that's Taylor explaining it. And then Tyler's watching him explaining like he's looking at porn, too. He's like, really? And then the the defense opens wide open, wide open. How wide? And you lock eyes with that linebacker. You lock eyes with him. You never look. It's so weird. (laughs) I would have been a football player in high school if I knew that was what it was like. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Team. I got kicked <laughs> off the football team for exactly that kind of behavior. <laughs> Cups aren't optional. Stop cutting the crotch out of your pants. It's a whole. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> 
And now it's time for another dream sequence because, damn it, we've earned it. Oh, now, God, here it is. It, here it comes. <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not ready. I've been thinking about this all day, actually, all day yesterday and all day today. I've been thinking to myself, how are we going to capture the magic of this scene from an audio medium only? I just go to, like, again, I know a lot of people don't want to watch the movies. I don't blame you. They're terrible. For this movie, at the very least, go to about 44 minutes and watch the goddamn dream sequence there. Oh, God. So he's back at the grave and he sees Tyler this time about to shoot himself. Mm -hmm. And then Tyler turns into a stuffed lamb. (laughs) And then Reggie White reaches down to pick it up. And when he stands back up, Reggie White (laughs) is holding a full grown lamb weeping. (laughs) With rain going and the Sybil Shepherd Vaseline glow on the lens. And the sheep is so pissed about this. The sheep is so mad. Clearly doesn't want to be there. No. It's like trying to put my cat in a bath. Yeah, It's like a drunk guy just grabbed a woman in like an alley and tried to hold her like a baby. And she's like, All right, I'm going to let this go. Hopefully nothing bad happens. But I would not. I would like to go somewhere else as soon as I can. Very creepy. Yeah, okay, so so before I watched this movie, Eli sent me this still. He just sent me a (laughs) a picture of this moment. And still, even with that, even knowing that, when I got to this, I had to take like a three-minute break to cough and hack and wheeze and and think to myself, (laughs) I probably shouldn't smoke cigarettes if I can't laugh without all that happening. And then later that night, I heard Heath laughing upstairs, and I just ran to the stairs, and I'm like, you just got to the sheep scene, didn't you? And, (laughs) And he did. It's everything. It was it was an amazing. It was my favorite moment in the history of Christian film. Yes. It's so, now the background on my uh my <laughs> Reggie White holding a sheep. So Reggie White sets down the sheep and also by the by the time he lets go of that sheep, it is fucking running. So yeah, you you don't fuck that sheep at least once. Um <laughs> but then he wakes up and he doesn't do the sitting straight up thingy, so, you know, good good for him that time. And then we cut to Tyler sneaking out late at night to go back to the crime house with the crime. And Reggie follows him stealthily, which, again, like as if this movie hadn't already given us so much. The image of Reggie White doing his version of stealthy behind a teenage child is everything. Just like knocking over trash cans filled with smaller trash cans. (laughs) Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware, Reggie White is about six foot ten, about nine hundred and three pounds. The guy's enormous, and he's just sneaking along in the shadows, on like tiptoes, an inch behind this guy (laughs) to xylophone music. It's so ridiculous. He turns left to look over his shoulder. Reggie swings right. Yeah, no, it's about that close. And now we cut to the to the run to the voluntary run. So so Reggie's told his whole team if they want to like do this voluntary run thing, they can and they don't have to. So it's to see who's truly committed to the team and see who shows up. And it's it's pretty much all of them, I guess. And that is it. Well, <laughs> for like two and a half minutes, like yeah. we are going to like are they all falling behind them like some like military procession or whatever? And then we watch them jog for like seriously two and a half minutes to sexy sax music. <laughs> It was was pretty sexy. Sexy sax music to the image of Heath trying to catch a train in London. (laughs) (laughs) I did. 
I thought I was r- running very erotically. Absolutely. Yeah. That was yeah, the, that's got the very last train three no seconds question. before it pulled out. <laughs> and a lot of bags. And my feet hurt. I had blisters one earlier. One we bag. walked he a lot. It was, I had so, a jacket. So they all jogged together like champions. And yes, like Reggie White is re- capable of jogging about the same speed that I walk. Right. Also, in, in the scene, right before they start doing the running, they do that weird... They they start yelling the word commitment yeah, at uh-huh. each other and getting awkwardly closer and cl- like <laughs> Reggie White yells commitment and then they all take like three steps forward and yell commitment and then they do it again and they're like right in his face by the end of it. It's really weird. Yeah, it's like, stop, don't say that again uh, or we have to fuck. <laughs> I thought they were all going to exchange promise rings. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they do the little call and response thing. You guys never respond like this when I yell commitment. <laughs> Like that, we don't. No, you never call back like that. You never get closer to me. Just we never the cat put our from faces. downstairs. Look at my butthole. Commitment. Look at my butthole. Commitment. <laughs> so, so now Reggie's in the locker room before the big game, and Bobby, his assistant coach, comes to get him. But first, they have to talk about how happy Reggie is to be here as part of the team and a high school football coach now, and he is desperately trying to read this clipboard they have hand him. <laughs> it is brilliant. He They hand him this clipboard and he's like, uh-huh. So this is the menu? <laughs> <laughs> Give me General Sal's chicken. Nope. nope. <laughs> it's usually that works. Um, yeah, well, and, and he's, he asks Bobby at this point, he's like, Bobby, why didn't you take the job as head coach of this high school football team? And Bobby said, I'm afraid of failing. I'm like, you are the saddest character we've ever fucking seen. But that's what I was sensing about his character. This is a good scene. I get why they have it in here. Bobby's afraid of failure. Tied him right together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. How many compliments can we give Reggie White this movie? Yeah, right, right, yeah. Well, this is also where he's like, a champion is never afraid of failure. And a failure also isn't afraid to be a champion. I'm, it's not that I'm scared. It's just that I'm not on a good enough team at this point. Yeah. I was on the Eagles for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but before they can get to the game, he has to get stopped by the janitors. <laughs> oh, God, this is amazing. <laughs> greatest cameo ever. The janitors are Mike Holmgren and Brett Favre. Uh-huh. Fantastic. And Holmgren, well, janitor, whatever, Invented a play called the Left Coast Special that the, the old coach wouldn't use. Yeah. Right. So he has to give it to the new coach now. But it turns out to just be a normal play. Like he looks at it and he's like, this is already a play. And they're like, oh, God, 25 years. 25 years. No way, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shoots himself in the mouth. Oh, two two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of your mom's fault. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the play is literally the quarterback option. That's the play, Yeah, which is not a West Coast offense thing. No, no timing kind of a thing. No, nothing at all. But the amazing thing here. okay, so Holmgren is clearly the real thespian of the group. He can handle like whole sentences at once. But then Brett Favre's contribution to this conversation is he's standing in a closet off by himself so he doesn't have to be on camera with anyone else. And he'll say one word, you know, like like Holmgren will say something and he'll say, yeah, the other coach was busy. And then he'll cut to Brett Favre and he'll go, busy. Yeah. Now, and the cuts are so fucking tight because he cannot <laughs> speak on camera. It's like, bit too. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> boop. No. Boop. 
I would just love nothing more than to spend a day watching his lines get whittled down to nothing but busy. You know? <laughs> You know, you know, the parts they're cutting out is just like they pan over and he's taking a dick pic and they're like, all right, just, 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 right after you said busy, can't you just wait? Like, God, you could have snuck that in at any time. So I got a play to send you. <laughs> yeah, now that's the last we're going to see of Brett Favre in this movie, but don't worry, we'll have an opportunity to come back to this moment before it's all over. Oh, they should have had him like throw his janitor keys and they get intercepted somehow. <laughs> <laughs> And a kid just runs it all the way back down the hall. Like, that would have been funny. No. Goes to clean up for the rival high school next door. Yeah, exactly. He has the all-time record for pick sixes. Yeah, That's like he'll the keep that one. the worst thing you can do as a quarterback. He'll keep that he has one the record. forever. Um, and, and since they couldn't afford to reenact football in this football movie, we now cut straight to after the game. The game that we've been setting up for this whole movie is over now. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so... Taylor, the quarterback, the older brother, is going to get the game ball for being one of the three named characters on the team. It was, I mean, it's him or Haystack, right? Right. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, I just want to give this ball to my man, someone who's been through so much, my brother, Tyler. And he goes to give it to Tyler, and one of his teammates intercepts it. And like, won't give it to him. And it just, it seems like a weird time to bully someone. <laughs> you dude, you're being a real dick. <laughs> so they start fighting over the ball. Now, Tyler has this bag that he's holding. And that's the bag that the bad guys put the gun in that they gave him after they beat him up. And you know what happens when you shake a gun? Black people get shot. It, it gets cocked, loaded, and fires. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. What happened? Now, here's the thing. If everyone has a loaded gun in their bag cocked, this kind of stuff never happens. <laughs> Make it safe. Gun policy. Oh, we get emails. We sometimes DC versus we get Teller emails. was right. So, <laughs> Strong stance. So now, uh, uh, as they're wrestling over the ball, of course, the gun goes off and Taylor, the good older brother with all the great dreams, gets shot and Tyler <laughs> runs away. I love this movie so much. <laughs> he gets shot in the nothing, though. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> right. We see his body laying there. He got shot in the nothing. <laughs> he passed out because of the noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Faded away. I get All it, right. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, obviously, that's a lot of after school special to take in all at once. So we're going to pause for a well earned break. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will we ever see a single play of football in this football movie? Will the outtake reel at the end reveal that this was asking way too much of Brett Favre? Did my life peak at the lamb scene? Yes, on all counts. But this movie has plenty of crazy left to dole out, so stick around for the action-intended conclusion of Reggie's Prayer. Sneak, 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 tip, toe, tip, toe. Ha-ha! Offsides, Mr. Knox. And the penalty is death. Yeah, yeah okay, wait, though. What? Uh, ju no, just let me move. We're both holding guns to either side of his head. And, uh, you know, if we fire, we're going to shoot each other. Oh. Oh, no, you're right. We would. Yeah. 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 What do I do? Y you just stay there. Do I move to you when you put your gun down? Do I get on your Wait, side? What? N no, of course not. Well, no, he he's got a point. You're still pointing your gun at me if I put my gun down. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I see. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. W you give Reggie your gun. Right, right. Okay, got it. This is nice. And now I'll point my gun at the top of his head, 
and he points yours up from below the the chin. Perfect. Well, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. Then you'll you shoot your hand. Oh, oh. Okay. Fuck. How this? You give me both guns. I shoot myself from either side of my head. But you gentlemen stand at the front and the back. Um. Those. No. Yeah. yeah okay. That 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 yeah, should work. That yeah. works for me. That's perfect. All right. You had greatness inside you for a hundred years. He's not going to shoot himself on the other side now. We didn't think this through at all. <laughs> and we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes, Tyler shot Taylor and Reggie did not approve. And we're going to rejoin the action at a hospital where Taylor is recovering. And and the doctor's like, well, we've got a pretty serious. And grandma's like, is he going to live? And I wanted him to be like, rude, I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'll get to if he's going to live at the end of my sentence, which I would finish if he would stop interrupting. <laughs> now, where was I? And well, maybe yeah. he might live. He got shot in the fucking spine, so it's not great. I don't know. Well, I love to. She's like, will he live? And he's like, yeah, yeah, 50-50, flip a coin. She's like, will he ever walk again? It's like, I just told you I don't know if he's going to live. If he's not going to live, he's not going to walk and not live. Is he going to walk again? Let me ask you a question. Are you a Christian? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a doctor. (laughs) So uh, then we cut over to the cops at the high school questioning Coach Reggie, and he's being absurdly combative with them. (laughs) They're like, hey, how's the kid doing? Like, anyone see who shot him? Uh... (laughs) I don't know. It was an accident. What? That was <laughs> what? The weird Not response. the <laughs> okay. question. Well, we're police officers. You need to set answer like normally, like not. <laughs> and he's like, okay, it was it was his brother. Yeah, his brother I mean, <laughs> Reggie knows that cops are supposed to be real strict on the shootings in high schools, right? Even the accidental ones. Again, yeah. I don't think <laughs> Reggie knows what a gun is, which is why he's being <laughs> right. If he's being super, is like who shot him? And he's like, yeah, shot. grade you describe what shooting is and i'll see if you're right (laughs) so i'm testing you yeah so he tells him who shot him and then we get taylor waking up in the hospital he survived the surgery hooray for taylor and meanwhile the lead for the scorpion king burlesque show is clicking his gun. Right. So help me understand this. Tyler shoots his brother and he's like, who do I go to? I guess the criminal who beat me up last time yes. he went to them for help. I guess. <laughs> this is big show, by the way. Yeah. The uh, criminal drug kingpin guy. It's big show. The Not yet. I guess did he, he wasn't a big famous wrestler yet. This was like 96. I still don't know who the no. fuck he is, but yes, this was like 96. Yeah. And and he's pissed because Tyler's brought too much attention to his crime business. So they're going to kill Tyler so that there will be less attention. I don't know if I, if I get his plan. That's why I always murder people who tweet at me so that they, you know, <laughs> keeps the negative attention away. Yeah, there you go. Right, so he, he tells like the Samity Sam character to go take him somewhere in the van and kill him but first he has to look into his suitcase and cackle <laughs> right he goes which like, has he goes Ving like, Rames' soul in it <laughs> he, he goes like hey baby like like a pet isn't there 
guess. Like a a puppy or a red panda wrestling a pumpkin <laughs> in a tuxedo on a tiny piano. That's like what's that's the emotion here. That would and that would not be the weirdest thing that happened in this movie. Yeah. So so they're all at the hospital, you know, Taylor's woken up and now Reggie's got to go find Tyler. But Bobby has to stay here at the hospital because he's going to call in the favor from Mr. Miyagi, who told him he would protect him in act one, <laughs> which is so stupid. It was so vague. Like, I want Mr. Miyagi to be like, OK, um, that was like, it's just like one of those things you say. It was I like didn't. your first day. <laughs> I meant like, I'll help you out. Like, if you need help with your lesson plans, not I'll break a drug crime ring with you. <laughs> Exactly. But Mr. Miyagi's like a promise is a promise. Yeah, well, I guess. Reggie starts singing like Whitney Houston. All right, fine. I'm Costner. You're Whitney Houston. Let's go. I get it. I wrote in my notes, if Mr. Miyagi karate fights alongside Reggie White, all in this movie is forgiven. And in fact, that is all what's going to happen. All in this movie is forgiven. Yes. yes. It couldn't be better. All right. So Reggie and Mr. Miyagi sneak back into the drug room. All right, we kind of spoiled this scene with what we just said. But get, get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's such a good sneaker. They sneak in again. And this is where we go. We see the tra- the suitcase. Okay. The suitcase, the mysterious suitcase they introduced one scene ago. Now we're going to reveal that it has a child's train set in it. That he was treating like a puppy. This is insane. <laughs> what happened? He was Why? like scratching the train under the chin. What the fuck? <laughs> so weird. And if you're waiting for them to explain this, apparently you got to wait for the sequel. Yeah. That will th- never come back. There is no reason why he has a train set. He's putting money under the train set. So it's a train set and money. Yeah. <laughs> is that like a security feature? <laughs> I guess. Break into the briefcase and then get distracted by the train and they're <laughs> like ooh, choo, a- choo. I don't mind the money I don't fucking care I'm the engineer well, this must be the train set briefcase the money briefcase must be somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> so the bad guys are plotting what to do with Tyler Tyler by the way is tied up in the back in a chair but backwards yeah like he's trying to reach kids <laughs> TV special I can just see Big Show came in there. He's like, dude, you fucked it up. I mean, look, look what you, I mean, no, don't undo it now. He's already tied up, but this is, look how stupid this is. If he leans back. (laughs) Yeah. So, but they've decided to make his death look like a suicide. You know, they're like, ah, self-inflicted gunshot wound. It runs in the family. (laughs) Is is that like a cover? Like the police are going to be like, all right, well, this looks like a very clear murder. However. His dad is Bill Cosby, so <laughs> probably raped himself to death. It runs in the family. It is. Yeah. And oh, okay, it's so- contagious. No, no. Where's my mom? <laughs> it's my mom's fault. <laughs> and meanwhile, so they've got Tyler now. He's tied up. He's out of the chair. He's now sitting next to a van where they are loading bags of cocaine that look like you'd use them if the dam broke. Yeah, he's got like cement bags full of cocaine. I guess. I wanted so badly here for Reggie to lower from the ceiling and snap his neck. (laughs) Peekaboo, I'm Reggie White. (laughs) But he almost does. Like, we're not that far off of it. Because, okay, so Pat Morita and Reggie have snuck in, and now Reggie pulls the old throw something and make the Metal Gear bad guy follow the noise trick. (laughs) It's exactly what I wrote. I wrote he's going to distract him like a Metal Gear solid guard. (laughs) He does. 
the noise from the distraction throw is fantastic. <laughs> it's like blink, blink, distraction, blink, blink. Like, might as well yell out ventriloquist, blink, blink, blink. <laughs> then throw another small piece of metal that does the same things. Well, he does it twice. He actually does like like extend to this. And, and while he's distracted looking around for the metal clinky noise, Mr. Miyagi sneaks up and tells Tyler to get under the tarp in the cocaine van. Now, I why? want to point out. Yeah, well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, why? Yeah, absolutely. Where's the best place to hide? How about the van where they're going to take me and murder me? Yeah, that sounds like a story. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they were trying I'm to in. get you in there to begin with. But also, we have a apparently this character's vision is based on sound. So, like, they open the van, a man sneaks under a tarp, not quietly, and then they close the van. But he's still following clink, diddy, clink, clink. <laughs> no, what? someone dropped a penny somewhere. Someone dropped <laughs> a penny it's still, it's still rolling. It's up on the edge. I could tell it's up on the edge. Still. <laughs> Shit could be a quarter. Could be heads, so, tails. We don't even know yet. Now we get to the moment that we alluded to in the interstitials here. This is so amazing. So Reggie is sneaking away. And all of a sudden, a guy shows up and holds a gun to the side of his head. And at the same time, another guy shows up and holds a gun. To the other side of his head. <laughs> Which Reggie is totally unbothered by because he doesn't know what guns are. <laughs> He's like, uh-oh, that metal looks awful heavy. <laughs> also, another great football reference here. He goes, offsides, Reggie. That makes no sense. How does this relate to being offsides? <laughs> I wanted Reggie to start like pointing at Big Show and being like, false start. I was drawn Come off. on, motherfucker. <laughs> Challenge it, coach. <laughs> yeah, so just as you're hoping that they're going to both shoot each other through, and honestly, like if that's how the movie had ended, if both of these characters had shot Reggie in the head and shot themselves through his head, that would make this the single greatest <laughs> film. Oh, I wanted and the Reservoir Dogs ending so <laughs> bad. Everybody fired. Done. We're all dead. But instead, the one of the bad guys wanders off to go do something, and the other bad guy, that's the main bad guy, that's Big Show, He's left there with Reggie, who pushes his gun up <laughs> very slowly, very slowly, <laughs> and then punches him in the gut very slowly, very slowly, <laughs> and then runs away even yeah. slower. Even <laughs> David A. R. White would roll his eyes at this choreography. <laughs> the whole scene's underwater, but you can't tell. It's crazy. <laughs> Now we need, okay, if I can't have a Capri Sun, I want all the fight choreography in slow motion. Fine, I want Reggie. it to be in a Capri Sun. The rest of the movie takes place in a Capri No, they'll get it. They'll get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> meanwhile, the other bad guy, the guy who is being distracted by the nails being thrown, is still wandering. Now, he's looking for Tyler at this point, but he's still sneaking around. <laughs> Who is he sneaking from? He's the bad guy. This is his hideout. <laughs> Everyone has forgot whose side they're on and who they're chasing and how guns work. Yes. <laughs> and then Mr. Miyagi opens a door on him like a cartoon character, like yep. bang. Whoa. <laughs> I wanted his face to be like in the shape of a door exactly when he's out of the back. Right. <laughs> so then the main bad guy catches back up with Reggie because pushing your fist slowly into someone's belly is not fatal, it turns out. Oh, <laughs> and and beats the shit out of him. Well, first we have to get oh, the, right, the, the monologue moment, and I only have to bring this up because they circle each other for 
I don't know, nine years. <laughs> and he goes, we're going to dance. And I would love more than anything in the world if they actually danced. <laughs> they were dancing, though. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wanted so bad for like for, for like Reggie to just stop walking around and him going like we were doing a thing, man. Like I, 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 and now it's going to look stupid. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just like be... super dizzy. because we <laughs> For like, like five minutes, we were in a he circle. He runs into the side go... of Reggie White. <laughs> oh, sorry. But, it's man. okay. <laughs> so he puts his gun away because go fuck yourself because and Reggie doesn't Reggie know White, what that was and that wouldn't be fair <laughs> right yeah. exactly Reggie White unbuttons his shirt to reveal a bright pink tank top <laughs> a wife beater yes why'd you choose a bright pink wife I put it in the wash with it you know what doesn't matter I put it in with my pajamas but it's okay <laughs> yeah and then the bad guy whips the living fuck out of Reggie in, he kicks the shit out of him and then he hits, smashes a piece of wood across <laughs> his back. There's not even back and forth. He's just like, duh, 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 fuck you. <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> and if you're wondering about the choreography, right? So uh, uh, Marissa McCool came over, hung out the other day, and, and she was showing me some like wrestling moves, like how they like do the on the spot choreography. That was more convincing like her demonstrating these moves to me was more convincing than the final take on this fight scene. Far more. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Like, honestly, I'm surprised a ref didn't show up for no reason in this fight just to look away <laughs> right. while Big Show hit Reggie with a chair. <laughs> well, he's unconscious, too. I wanted so bad for him to have another lamb dream and then get up with lamb powers and stuff, but we didn't oh, get the, that the either. The lamb gets up wearing Reggie's clothes and so he looks at his hooves. And then just beats the shit out of Big Show. Oh, crazy billionaire money, people. I mean, you can honestly, make a fight scene between Big Show and a lamb happen. And then the I, lamb carries out Big Show. Real, yeah. <laughs> lays him on a grave. Honestly, the lamb was the star of this show in the same way that Fat Camel and Hellbound Kangaroo were the stars of their movie. The three of them are going to get a movie on their own. Someday we're going to have that billionaire money. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> meanwhile, the other bad guy is still sneak walking around to find Mr. <laughs> Miyagi. But luckily, Mr. Miyagi is a much better fighter, so he just gently takes his gun away and then karate chops him to sleep. <laughs> well, but in the, it knocks him out by hitting him in the back of the shoulder. Yeah. What? Yeah. Now, now, main bad guy, who still isn't named, by the way, this character still does not have a goddamn name, um, jumps in the van and drives off. and Through the front door of the building. Drives <laughs> yeah, his van through the front door of his building. <laughs> of his building. There's nobody chasing. There's no reason no. for this. He just <laughs> smashes through his own building. And there's a cop j waiting just outside for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know why the cop had not gone into the building. I feel like if the cop was called, they could... No. <laughs> take care of it. And he just yeah. radios somebody. And I'm I'm convinced there was an outtake where the guy who radios, he's like, this plot is stupid over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not firing up the lights for but this. The, the best part is the two seconds right before the end of the scene where they run outside after him and he goes, okay, let's let the police handle it from here. And I'm like, oh, from here, from here, from here. <laughs> Did you... They just now remembered about police being a thing. <laughs> well, in the plot. Mr. Miyagi did, but Reggie didn't, apparently. <laughs> now that a gonna... garage door is broken, I think it's time to get the authorities involved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So now let's talk logistics again. He went into that building at night. Big Show drove out of it during the day. So now it's the next day. Reggie is going to chase this van down on foot 
Yes. Is that one? Okay. Mm-hmm. And he comes across it at a dock. Mm-hmm. It took him a while. Yeah, well, it took most of the day, apparently. That's going to take you a day. Yeah, because it's going to be night very soon. Because you could go anywhere. (laughs) So you have to walk around anywhere before you find it. You have to go to all the places. You have to find it. Yeah, you got to do a lot of looking. You have to smell Tyler's shirt and then like... (laughs) (laughs) So he comes across the van at at this dock and he's like, oh, they must have taken a boat to the place where boats go because there's just the one place. It's like in the original Zelda. When you go off the dock, you just go straight on your fucking raft, apparently. So he has to steal a boat and also a park ranger, not just the guy whose boat it is to drive the boat. He also steals a park ranger. Um, that will be MC Hammer. That would be MC mm-hmm. Hammer, correct. I really wanted him to use his pants as a sail. <laughs> Uh-oh. Was fucking hammer pants. I got you, Reggie. Flip <laughs> Spinnaker. <laughs> so we go from there. Now, Don't Aaron Raw. It's just I mean, hammer hanging upside down, doing a headstand. <laughs> he keeps trying to turn the sail. He's like, stop touching me. So so now we've got to go back to our Can't bad guy, yeah, yeah, who is who is um, uh, chopping wood with with Tyler still tied up. Now I have no fucking clue what's supposed to be happening. Right? Oh, okay, so he kidnapped this kid and he's taking him camping. Yeah, you take him camping. I wanted a montage of him teaching him to tie knots and like <laughs> start a fire. <laughs> So yeah, so you you kidnap someone before you kill him for your big drop drug drop off. But the big drug drop at the in the woods miles away from the the wood. The wood, yeah, wood. (laughs) And actually, Reggie knows where the wood is. That's how he's eventually going to. That's why he's going to know where they are. That's why he's on the way. (laughs) And then he threatens the kid with the knife in this Mm -hmm. scene. He's like, "Oh, you'll see, prices will be slashed." What? And I wanted him just to keep going, like, it's you'll have so the time stupid. of your knife. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You're going to stab me. No, Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to some David Bowie. All right. Come on. Butterflies are nice. So, yeah. And so and, and then he's like, it, it, and then he throws in this bizarre, like, uh, well, you'll have plenty of time to settle in. I've got a chopper to catch in three hours. What I, and then and How, then you're gonna kill him. Yeah, he says. He says, "Eat up." I've got a chopper to catch in three. How is that related? What is this? <laughs> Why would you tell him that? Why does he have to eat? What? None of this matters. My favorite number is seven. My birthday's on the twenty fourth. <laughs> I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> there will not be snacks on the chopper. <laughs> you need to know that. It's just like a quick, it's just a quick thing. We don't have service. They might get you like peanuts, but they'll be really small. So now it's nighttime again. Three hours later. Do you have to pee before we go on a chopper? You should pee. All right. So again, let's just examine this week they've had. It was night when they went in. It was day when they came out. Now it's night again. (laughs) So apparently Big Show and Tyler have spent... 14 hours hanging out in the woods together here and yeah. I, I guess I guess that's how long it took Reggie to, to canvas all the woods so he could figure out which one this guy was in right <laughs> but at this point okay this seems like a super easy rescue the bad guy is asleep in a tent you outnumber him four to one and you're conscious 
<laughs> so in but, that situation, would what would you do first? I would set some traps in the area. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but that's what I would do. I'd have that ready ahead of time. Oh yes, Wait, like traps that could hurt a person, or just no, like, no, 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 whoa, 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 hurt somebody. <laughs> no, like like jokey traps, like ha, hit you. Tra- traps that would best be onomatopoeia'd by bonk. <laughs> those are the ones. So, yeah. That's so, for some reason, by the way, they still haven't gotten the cops involved. It's been a full fucking day, but they sneak up after setting some traps and and they untie Tyler. Now mm-hmm. he says, "There's a there's a cabin across the next rise. Go to it." And it's just like, why don't we all go to the main bad guy? Is asleep in that tent now. So we could all just leave. But no, Reggie has to stay back to. He's like, I set up a lot of traps. I don't want to do that for nothing. There's a big X. You know, if he doesn't set him off, it's going to be some deer or something that walks by and gets hit with this. So. Bonk. <laughs> so, so they run through the woods and the bad guy wakes up and starts to chase them. And as he's chasing them, he pauses to rip a f- tree out of the ground and throw it. <laughs> well, he rips it out like he's about to hit somebody with it. And he's like, damn, no one tree sized here to hit. And then tosses it over. It feels like every clip in this movie is slightly out of order. Like the editor shuffled it a little bit. Just so like within, none of it makes sense. Yeah. And this is where he, this is where he sets off the trap. It's just a tiny piece of wood. It's just a brick. And it comes down so gently and like hits him in the chest. And he's like, huh. That was it's like inconvenient. A, a drumstick on a string. And it's like, oh, that hit me in the chest. Oh. Tag, I'm it. Fuck. <laughs> I guess. I just wrote all of this in my notes. This is bad good, thanks, killing. You see this? <laughs> this is bad good. This is how it's done, folks. So now they're going to fight again. He's going to, the high school football coach is going to strangle the drug dealer to death in the I, woods i can't i can't deal with this so they they fight they do they do two moves back and forth and then the bad guy says to reggie that's a nice one. Oh, he compliments him he does he says, compliment sandwich i want him to be like hey thanks man any notes he's like no seriously you did great so he's no i'm open any feedback you got at all and he's like all right we'll close your just straight your wrist oh thank you thank you <laughs> and by the way when he's not complimenting his opponent he's making badger noises <laughs> that's half of his line it just says in brackets badger noise also we get this amazing popeye style uppercut during this fight like oh. winds his hand up a couple of times oh so yeah he like knocks reggie down and he's going to walk away and then reggie like turns around and he's like, oh, where are you going, Bertoli? Bertoli? Portola. I, okay. Bertola. He had a name? That's his name. Oh, I, I had to look that up. I, oh, okay. <laughs> they say it once. Bert- Bertola? The, yeah. You see, it's fourth down. And he gives a seriously minute and a half long speech. Like, it's fourth <laughs> down and you got one yard to go. But what you don't realize is that I am going to... Time to fight. <laughs> Three, two, one, fight time. Punch and punch. 
And the, the football analogy, again, it makes no sense. No yes, sense at all. You said, you said it right. It's fourth and one, five seconds left in the game, score and you win. But there's one problem. I run to my side, which is he meant to say. He meant to say you got to run to my side, I'm pretty sure, which also doesn't make sense because you never have to run to one side. You never even have to run. In fact, everybody would run away from Reggie White at the peak of his career or throw a pass. Yeah. You know, there's uh, several options Or run here. the option. Literally the option <laughs> to not that side. If only there was a janitor here. Yeah, but, but now the important thing is that now he can kick some ass because he's been empowered by football analogies so he indiana <laughs> jones punches the bad guy a couple of times and then the bad guy becomes unconscious yes <laughs> this is such an amazing fucking movie i just i just want to add one more detail to this the reason big show woke up at the very beginning of the scene from his snoring slumber in the tent is because they kicked over a stovetop espresso pot that yeah. he brought with him. Like a high-end, fancy <laughs> espresso pot that he brought out on this wilderness kidnapping And, and, and keep in mind, like he was thing. running from the good guys when he got in this van. So he was like running away from Reggie. He's like, fuck, I am going to want espresso he while I'm out there. He definitely ran back for an espresso I'm gonna Because I'm going to get on the chopper uh, uh, after that. Press. And then we're going to be up. No, uh, no I need, these are the wrong filters, damn it. Uh, okay, I need the, no, I need the conical grinder. What am I, a fucking animal? <laughs> Let's just stop at Crate and Barrel. We'll grab a few things and then we'll go. <laughs> He's got red He's got Tyler tied tar. up and he wandering Crate and Barrel. Ooh. <laughs> do you need candles? Ooh. What about Le Crusette? I feel like you're bored. Make nice Are you stuff. bored? If you're like bored, we can go. And Tyler's like, no, no, I'm not bored. And he's like, well, I'm, no, bored. I'm enjoying I feel, this. Let's get no. a set, though, because if you I get them said... one by one individually, it's a lot more expensive. If we get a set with, like, we'll get two different sizes of skillet. No. <laughs> Thanks for being so knife to me. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut. <laughs> I could do the rest of our show about this movie. I've left so much out about this movie. Every episode of our show for the rest of ever. <laughs> could be this one. I really could. We could just do a frame by frame breakdown for the rest of time. Um, all right. So now. Okay. So now we cut to the news where everyone's wondering where Reggie is because he's been missing for six days. Six days. Why is he, Eli, why has the main <laughs> character been missing for six days? Oh, because he's been camping with Tyler instead of telling people where he is. What? With, with apparently Big Show who is tied up. <laughs> yeah, for six days. <laughs> what? They will never explain why it's been six days. Yeah, apparently they just decided to hang. They're like, it's pretty nice out here. So he decided to hang out with a 16-year-old kid wanted for manslaughter. And, and, and a criminal a drug, drug lord. And a fucking van full of cocaine. Who they've tied up for six days. I feel like they're more guilty of crimes than the drug kingpin at this point. <laughs> at this point, yeah. But But this exists apparently... So that they could, oh, by the way, did you notice, I believe the newscaster, if I'm not mistaken, did you did you catch, I believe that was Gail Sayers. Um, oh. really? Yeah, I know Gail Sayers was in this movie He's and they the just have him too. listed as Gail Sayers, no, no uh, character, so I'm pretty sure that's where he was. So this, this scene exists so that we can have Reggie and Tyler sitting by the river talking about how Tyler thinks he should kill himself just like his little brother did. But Reggie has some David and Goliath based wisdom for him to cure his suicide. <laughs> yep. And 
this is where he, he tries to skip stones. Oh, wait, was he trying to skip them? I don't know. He's, he's trying to, he's to, this is where, now is where they decide to tell us about the five stone thing that they've been alluding to backwards the whole movie. <laughs> yes. So this he, movie was doing call forwards. Exactly. So he starts picking up stones to represent five stones and just throwing them into the water. Oh, I could watch. He, I I hope he was trying to skip stones. I could watch him do that for a while. It certainly seemed that like that way, like that he kept throwing them, and he's like, "Point, fuck! How come they don't? When you do it, they, they yeah. you you go downward. No man, with you, them. you want like a flat stone. You want a fl- <laughs> he just grabs a, a boulder and dives into the water. Bear, you know, <laughs> no, that's not it. So now, six days later, I guess we get back to like they they're arresting Aaron. Ra- I mean, Big Show. And the park ranger, this is this is MC Hammer's big moment, biggest thing he's done since 1991. He's trying to do the comic relief because now he gets to arrest the big bad drug dealer. But his comic relief over this is just him saying park ranger over and over again as they walk up this deck. Yep, right? Just, it's just I'm like, a park I'm ranger, a park ranger. Park ranger. Park, park ranger. ranger, park ranger. <laughs> Ranger. Ranger. God, this, Ranger. I want your experience, Eli, where you had no idea this was MC Hammer and this was just the guy they got to play the park ranger. I was just like, this guy really wants to get his money's worth out of this doc scene. <laughs> They're like, look, man, you can say as much as you want from here to there. Make the part your own. And he was like, Park Ranger, the Park Ranger. Oh, is that? So let's stop for a second. I think it's time for the Park Ranger song. Park Ranger. Park Ranger. Park Ranger. Yeah, yeah. So it's time for Tyler and Reggie to leave. Now, again, let's talk logistics here because they're going to start driving away. They read in the newspaper that Taylor pulled through. It would be nice for him to stop at a payphone at this point, maybe call grandma, let him know that Tyler's not dead, but they don't. But they're they're sitting there talking about how like, hmm, it's only 300 miles from here to Portland. We could make it if we drove all night. It's like, how the fuck did you get that far from Portland? Well, you that's where the wood is. After- the wood is 300 oh, miles they took away from the Portland. Boat 200 is. miles yeah. upstream. I see. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it's this weird, like, hmm, I guess we could make it back for the game moment. But, but, but it involves letting the kid who just shot his brother in the locker room play football tonight. Yes. <laughs> And they're making it this little comedy like, well, I guess we'd have to call a special session and lie to the police and say, tell them that you are somewhere else for a few hours. Like, no, this is not a good thing. But first oh. we could eat a steak buffet dinner on the way. And- yeah, it's like a dad pretending kids don't want to go for ice cream. Just like, oh, you probably don't want to go for ice cream, right? Right, and yeah. they're all like, "No, no, I do." It's like you—you you probably don't want me to cover for your murder accusation. No, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Come on, you're silly. You're being silly. We're going to the I place. It's just like that. So yeah. So meanwhile, we cut to Taylor, who is—he's now in his uh, in his wheelchair. And they're going to wheel him out to the football game so everybody can cheer for him. But first, he needs some granny wisdom and some very uncomfortable granny kisses. Oh, God. No, never, 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 ever, ever again. (laughs) The slow and tender kiss this grandmother gives Taylor. This actress was like, oh, what a good looking young man. Oh, and now I kiss him on the forehead. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Let me. One more. A little lower. A little lower. Oh. Oh, you know know how uncomfortable you are in this reenactment? You have no idea how uncomfortable it is to watch. 
<laughs> if you choose to pass on this movie based entirely on that moment, I will understand. <laughs> it, trust me, it's all worth it, though. And, and also, this is where the kid has this great line. He's like, I don't care. You can take my legs. You can take my football dreams. All I want is my brother back. The, li the living one. Not the, one. The, <laughs> the one that's maybe not killed himself yet. You knew what I meant. I, you want, knew what I, I meant, mean, grandma. if like, they have both, I Kiss take. me again. <laughs> Tyler appears with a giant hole in his skull. <laughs> oh, fuck. God damn it. That was my third wish. Should have used it on my legs. Oh, God. We got to call that guy. That guy lives all the way in Portland. We got to call him to come down here and carry him. The guy gets a call in the middle of the night. No, fucking. Oh, Jesus. I warned you when you bought the goddamn monkey paw. Kid so, carrying. Kid carrying services. <laughs> so, they're, so now they're wheeling Taylor out for game day. The hometown crowd cheers. Hey, hooray. Great job getting shot. And meanwhile, they have to have a special administrative hearing about whether the coach can coach and whether Tyler, the kid who shot his brother in the locker room, can play football tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the coach who got a job coaching and then left in his first week to go fight drug dealers for six days and the manslaughter kid. Yeah, and they write their votes and hand them to Mr. Miyagi. They don't just go like, well, no, or yes. They they all go like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then he's like, okay, it's a tie. And we, you know, one guy was like, oh, I'm so glad we did that secretly. I didn't want to be the, uh, I didn't want to be the bad guy here. I mean, you're the bad guy. You shot your brother, but you know what yes. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, and, and again, they're selling this like, like Reggie's going like, don't mess up his dreams now, Mr. Miyagi. And it's like, the kid brought a loaded firearm to school and crippled another child with it. Like not getting to play football this week is hardly cruel and unusual punishment, right? Yeah. But Mr. Miyagi is convinced by yet more castles in the air bullshit and decides to let him play. Okay, you can play, but only from the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> and Coach Knox, I'm sorry. You are suspended. I can't change that. Charges for murder? Yeah, that's under rug. You left school without calling the substitute hotline, and we take that really, <laughs> really seriously. Which of course means that Bobby, who was too afraid to be the head coach, is gonna have to face his fears after all. So we cut to them on the pregame, like a, a shit talk moment or whatever. Now, keep in mind, this school has just wheeled out their former star quarterback who was shot and paralyzed this week. Yeah. And the other coach is like, we're going to fucking crush you. <laughs> <laughs> Cripple lover. Like, really inappropriate <laughs> at that point. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And and then it's time for the pregame ceremony where Tyler walks out and because Tyler's there, Taylor stands up and is <laughs> able to walk. It's a miracle. <laughs> I wanted him to get up and shoot his brother in the spine. <laughs> All right. See what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> but no, we get our little miracle moment and now it's time to play ball. And now it's very late in the game. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't skip. You didn't just hit something on your podcast. Now it's late in the game. Also, by the way, they're playing on a field 
with no lines. No, they can't <laughs> there, afford there, There's no lines. chalk or anything anywhere on the field. You can't really do football without at least sidelines. <laughs> you can't have something. End zone lines. Yeah. So now they're they're only down by one point with five seconds to go, and it's fourth down. Anyway, um, so they decide to try Mike Holmgren's play yeah. after all. <laughs> so and, and he does it. He well, does it, but first, not co- really. No, he does it, but okay. But first, the coach <laughs> when 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 you know because because Reggie's not allowed on the to to be on the sideline, so he he like leans over from the stands and he goes, "Hey, why don't we try this play that this janitor gave me?" And he's like, "Yeah, not practicing plays beforehand with the whole team is a great way to win." Um, <laughs> and then he turns to Tyler, who now has to play quarterback. Remember how he was only supposed to play on the sidelines? You're not supposed to remember that, apparently. Yeah, he's he, the quarterback now. Yeah, he's the quarterback. And so he turns to Tyler and he hands him a rock. Like, remember the rocks we were talking about before? But, but this is a coach handing a football player a rock before he goes out. Like, there are so many sinister ways to take this. I wanted him to throw a rock at another guy's eye and just, like, run past him. Like, yeah, <laughs> David and Goliath. Little last Boy Scout stuff with a gun. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. No problem. But, okay, so here's the instructions he gives him. He says, option left, pitch to Finley. I guess that's their, like, tailback. And then let the linebacker hit you. He also says use a delayed second hut. I don't, I don't have any idea how that would relate. <laughs> but here's the thing. You don't decide ahead of time about the pitch. That's the option. That's, That's why what the it's word called option is you the, either pitch it or not. The defense doesn't, you don't decide. Well, and they don't, he doesn't pitch it and he doesn't pitch it. Yeah. So they fucked it up on in. Yeah. But at any rate, so yeah, they use the quarterback option and he saves the day and runs for a touchdown in the most awkward <laughs> fucking Gary Busey-esque way you can imagine. He looks like me trying to dance, but he's just <laughs> running. That's it. So many football players involved in this movie. You'd think they could have gotten the football right. You would think. <laughs> but there's also like the one kid's chasing him and like dives to try to tackle him. He's like, you're 90 yards away, dude. You're like, <laughs> like, we can see that you are 90 yards. Why would you dive at that point? Yeah. Skittles. <laughs> 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 Refugee. <laughs> and okay, so he wins the game. And now we're at a train station because I guess Reggie has to move on like Bruce Banner at the end. <laughs> Fucking He's got like 8,500 bags. <laughs> Very large amount of luggage. Yes. It's weird. Also, okay, so apparently Bobby and the t- Taylor and Tyler and that whole family and Mr. Miyagi have all come to see him off at the train station. And this is where Mr. Miyagi gives Bobby the magical whistle that makes him head coach and summons <laughs> Epona when he needs to get to a different it's world. A weird time to do that, isn't it? Like you couldn't have done this. Like they're in the car on the way there. Why is Mr. Miyagi in the car with us? It's <laughs> like nothing. Don't worry about it's gonna it. It's going to be I'm a reveal later. Doing a thing. Just don't just wait. You'll see. I'm doing a thing. <laughs> I also love to like as they're going through the tra- train station. Reggie pats the uh, the wheelchair kid really hard on the shoulder. I just so wanted him to snap his spine. Oh fuck, man! <laughs> oh, is he I'm gonna sorry. live? <laughs> is he ever <laughs> gonna walk again? <laughs> also, like he's like, here, Tyler, I got something for you. And Tyler looks in the bag and goes, "Rocks, awesome!" <laughs> what? <laughs> so good. My crack from before. No, no, no it's different. It's the David <laughs> thing. Don't be a dick. Oh. Uh, and then everyone comes with flashlights to see Reggie off. 
matching the entire town. flashlights. They're all the same flashlight. The whole town <laughs> had matching flashlights and let, in case they ever needed to chant off a professional football player. In the dark. In the dark. Because <laughs> those things happen. <laughs> what uh, the fuck and was then even... <laughs> he's, his train pulls away and he says, yeah, time to get back to football. Gotta beat the Cowboys. Well, okay, but but the way that that comes up is even even that little bit they oh, can't child. throw up. Yeah, because all of a sudden he has a son. This character has a son. There is one minute left in this movie, and we just met a less. character. There's less than a minute. Seconds. Yeah. Seconds. Yeah. So Daddy, his, what? Fuck you. Yeah. Right? Where the hell? Yeah. So he's going back to Green Bay to play football once more, and the movie's over. But not before we get some outtakes, which are basically all just Reggie and Brett Favre being unable to speak words. <laughs> and you can hear like competent people on the set being like, fuck, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> My son's birthday, you son of a. <laughs> There's two fantastic, two of my favorites, one for Reggie, one for Brett Favre. When Reggie walks out, like it's the press conference moment when he uh -huh. announced the retirement. So he walks out for the press conference and he doesn't have a line. He's like, line. I forgot my very first line. It's welcome scene. to this press conference, Reggie. <laughs> so, you okay. really welcome do this, this in press real conference, life. Reggie. No, fuck it. <laughs> and then there was the, uh, the thing with Favre where they have to tell him not to talk to the camera guy. <laughs> the camera guy is like, no, I'm the camera. Don't deliver lines to me. I'm not actually in the movie. You get that, right? All right. Check no. your phone. He does Check not. your phone, brother. I sent you something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Now you're in the movie. All right. <laughs> Honest question. What is the moral of this story? Um, You probably should not play football. Yeah. Not good to smash concussion. your head against stuff really hard. Outside of football, I, either. Just don't do that. I had the same moral. Reggie White had terrible, terrible brain damage. They didn't know any better back then. All right. Well, if our thumbs could get high enough to describe this movie, I wouldn't need a lick toad. So rather than a thumb gesture-based review, I just ask that you indulge me in the fantasy that there's somehow more of this movie. So what's the sequel all about? What do you got? Um... Okay, it's it's about what happens next in Reggie's life, and it's called Reggie's Funeral. <laughs> yeah. NFL players do not live past 43 very often. No, it's no, actually no. a really big problem. Yeah, they're like goldfish. Not funny. Right, that's All depressing. Right. It's uh, my version, which is much funnier, is called <laughs> Reggie's Dream, uh, and Reggie retires from football again, this time to take over as president of the United States. <laughs> To win us a war against China. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that the, that the sheep was going to get its own movie in one of them, but that's all right. That's all right. I guess that's going to do it for our review of Reggie's Prayer, but that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to get you back out of the bomb shelter long enough to download again next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. The Shack. All the damn people are making us go to this We're one, We have to right? fucking drive to, like, all of <laughs> shitty New Jersey again. God damn it. Come on. Who doesn't like a nice three-hour drive across a haunted bridge? Beautiful <laughs> way they have a haunted, Jersey. They have a haunted we bridge. We do. 
with trolls. You got to answer riddles. It's tough. Yeah. So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 81 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptic Rat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All of the other music used in this episode was written and performed by Morgan Clark. You can hear more by following the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard and earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. One sheep was severely psychologically harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> Brett Favre still thinks he did pretty good. <laughs> Reggie White, his wife, is a race we're not sure of. <laughs> Thought we were going to make it all the way through without another one of those. Quite. Mulatto. Sam. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was holding it together until preparations. So. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.